Welcome back to the Rights and Liberties podcast, where we are discussing the Federalist Papers. Today, we will talk about Federalist 34. We often organize these podcasts around three big ideas from the essay under consideration. Here are three big ideas concerning Federalist 34. Big Idea 1. In Federalist 34, Hamilton argued that under the Constitution, states would possess co-equal authority with the national government on matters of taxation, except for import duties, which would be collected by the national government alone. Big Idea 2. Hamilton asserted that states would have the ability to raise whatever revenues they needed, even in the context of co-equal authority. Big Idea 3. In defending the proposition that states would be able to raise enough revenue for their needs, Hamilton argued that the states would simply need less revenue than the national government. Hamilton began Federalist 34 by briefly stating, in a three-sentence paragraph, each of the three big ideas I just described. You can imagine that there might be theoretical objections to the concept behind Big Idea 1. Hamilton's argument rests on the idea of co-equal or coordinate authority. But it isn't at all unreasonable to suspect that what authority means is that some agent is in charge or preeminent. And for people worried about the power of a new national government, such a suspicion seems all the more likely. The way Hamilton went about responding to this was to oppose practice to theory. If the theoretical concern is that co-equal authority won't work. One way to respond is to point to its existence in the real world. Hamilton observed, in the history of the Roman Republic, the coexistence of the Comitia Centuriata and the Comitia Tributa. People might think that their coexistence was, in some theoretical sense, contradictory. But Hamilton pointed to history as an answer to theory. Quote, The former, in which the people voted by centuries, was so arranged as to give a superiority to the patrician interest. In the latter, in which numbers prevailed, the plebeian interest had an entire predominancy. And yet, these two legislatures coexisted for ages, and the Roman Republic attained to the utmost height of human greatness. End quote. The stakes of the acceptance of co-equal authority with respect to taxation were recognized, according to Hamilton, in the very construction of the Constitution, quoting Hamilton on this point. Quote, any separation of the objects of revenue that could have been fallen upon would have amounted to a sacrifice of the great interests of the Union to the power of the individual states. The Convention thought the concurrent ju jurisdiction preferable to that subordination, and it is evident that it has at least the merit of reconciling an indefinite constitutional power of taxation in the federal government with an adequate and independent power in the states to provide for their own necessities." End quote. Big Idea 2 is evident in the point just made, without respect to the power of the national government to tax, the revenue needs of the states, according to Hamilton, would be easily satisfied by their ability to tax, quoting Hamilton on this, quote, As this leaves open to the states far the greatest part of the resources of the community, there can be no color for the assertion that they would not possess means as abundant as could be desired for the supply of their own wants, independent of all external control. And part of this would reflect, it appears, changes in the organization of the duties of states in the aftermath of the adoption of the Constitution. Quoting Hamilton here, quote, In a short course of time, the wants of the states will naturally reduce themselves within a very narrow compass, 
And in the interim, the United States will, in all probability, find it convenient to abstain wholly from those objects to which the particular states would be inclined to resort. End quote. Turning now to Big Idea 3. In defending the proposition that states would be able to raise enough revenue for their needs, Hamilton argued that the states would simply need less revenue than the national government. Hamilton had, in earlier essays in the Federalist Papers, argued that the power of the national government to raise revenue could not easily be limited, because the challenges the national government would face would be difficult to comprehend in any detail in advance. This point emerged again in Federalist 34, and Hamilton reiterated the point, noting that, quote, Nothing, therefore, can be more fallacious than to infer, for goodness sakes, Try this paragraph again in five seconds. Okay. Three, two. Turning now to federal. In. Let's try this again. In three seconds. Turning now to big idea three. In defending the proposition that states would be able to raise enough revenue for their needs, Hamilton argued that the states would simply need less revenue than the national government. Hamilton had, in earlier essays in the Federalist Papers, argued that the power of the national government to raise revenue could not easily be limited, because the challenges the national government would face would be difficult to comprehend in any detail in advance. This point emerged again in Federalist 34, and Hamilton reiterated the idea, noting that, quote, Nothing, therefore, can be more fallacious than to infer the extent of any power proper to be lodged in the national government from an estimate of its immediate necessities. There ought to be a capacity to provide for future contingencies as they may happen, and as these are illimitable in their nature, it is impossible safely to limit that capacity." End quote. These future contingencies would include the need to keep the peace in case of war or domestic insurrection. In addition, Hamilton pointed to the implications of America's future as a commercial power. Quote, Observations confined to the mere prospects of internal attacks can deserve no weight, though even these would be of no satisfactory calculation. But if we mean to be a commercial people, it must form a part of our policy to be able one day to defend that commerce. The support of a navy and of naval wars would involve contingencies that must baffle all the efforts of political arithmetic." End quote. Hamilton noted a significant contrast between spending on the state level and spending by a potential national government. Back to Hamilton once again. Quote, the expenses arising from, these, from those institutions, which are relative to the mere domestic police of a state, to the support of its legislative, executive, and judicial departments, with their different appendages, and to the encouragement of agriculture and manufactures, which will comprehend almost all the objects of state expenditure, are insignificant in comparison with those which relate to the national defense." End quote. In Britain, Hamilton estimated that matters related to domestic policy were about one-fifteenth the cost of matters related to foreign policy, war, and expenses incident to these. Hamilton saw this as a reasonable guide to expenses in the USA, estimating that the national government would, meet, would need 10 to 20 times more revenue than the state governments. We usually conclude these podcasts by examining an idea of continuing interest for politics from the essay under construction. 
Now, the imbalance between the spending needs of the national government and the spending needs of the state governments was, as Hamilton saw it, primarily due to the responsibility of the national government to engage in defense. Hamilton, Hamilton described war as likely enough to justify ongoing alertness to its hazards. Quote, a cloud has been for some time hanging over the European world. If it should break forth into a storm, who can ensure us that in its progress a part of its fury will, would not be spent upon us? End quote. The potential for war involving the USA was not to be considered, on Hamilton's account, a function of either bellicosity or carelessness alone on the part of the USA. Quoting Hamilton once again, quote, Let us recollect that peace or war will not always be left to our option, that however moderate and unambitious we may be, we cannot count upon the moderation or hope to extinguish the ambition of others, end quote. Hamilton's views on this were drawn in part from his ideas about human nature and in part his ideas about the lessons of history. The world today differs in significant ways from the world Hamilton observed, of course, so one might draw different conclusions about political history or political institutions than he did. But even so, war and defense are continuing matters of policy, even if ideas about history and institutions change. Hamilton's views about the need for the national government to have the power to tax were driven in significant part by his views about the need to be prepared to engage in wars, the beginnings and courses of which cannot be known in advance. Thank you for listening to the Rights and Liberties podcast. For more about the Sunwater Institute, please visit us at sunwater.org.